Hello, hello. Welcome and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna Burt and Candace Gomez. Jenna is a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Candace is an active duty military member of 17 years, a military spouse of 13 years, a mom, and a student. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us today. As always, we highly encourage you to share our podcast. Also, we definitely appreciate any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave us some feedback, please feel free to email us at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at confessionsofamillspouse or at publichousemedia.org. So, <laughs> uh, every time before we get started, we just, ha- I just have to say every time Candace and I go to record an episode, like something technologically always happens. Um, today we were supposed to record like an hour and a half ago and my computer <laughs> decided to update. Uh, so here we finally are. Um, oh. Which is actually pretty funny because our topic today is about the word no. And if I could have told my computer no today, I absolutely would have. (laughs) (sighs) But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the fact that no is a whole sentence. Yeah, I um, I was just scrolling through Facebook, you guys, and I found this <clears throat> article. And so I sent it to Jenna because I, I read through it and I was like, I think this is a really good thing we can talk about. And I think it's a really important thing to kind of address. So I was just scrolling through Facebook. And um, I mean, when I was younger, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were like the thing to watch, right? On TV. Oh, like, yeah. They had all of their shows and they had all their movies. Like I was obsessed as a kid. So um, when I see stuff about them, I'm always a little bit interested. But they also have a younger sister, Elizabeth Olsen, who is also an actress. Um, And so I saw this article and it was talking about the title of the article is says uh, Elizabeth Olsen shares powerful life roles she learned from Mary Kate and Ashley. And of course, I'm like, well, I want to know what that is, because if you don't know, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are like. I don't know, have a crap ton of money and are super famous, but they're very low key these days. Um, and they've moved out of acting and they have like their own like clothing line and stuff. Um, so they go on to ask her in this like interview that they did with her. Um, they said, uh, the host of a show called the off camera show, Sam Jones, he said um, that he asked her, does she have a mantra or a rule passed down from her family that affects the way she conducts herself and her business. And her response was, um, I think there are two things, something my sisters always say, which might have come from my father at one point is that no is a full sentence. You can just say no. Um, and so when I read that, I was like, I think we really need to talk about this because I think as military spouses, as parents, um, you often want to do all of the things and then, (laughs) right. And then it leads to all those things that we've talked about before, like burnout, um, you know, and lack of self-care. And so when you're constantly saying yes to everything, you really just burn yourself out. But 
it's hard. It's hard to say no, right? Like Absolutely. It is so super difficult. hard. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned in, I think, our last episode that one of my good friends, you know, something that she has kind of drove home to me just about life in general, um, but that she uses in her business is that no is a very powerful word. Yeah. And until she, you know, presented it in that way, I didn't really think about it. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, she goes on to say that no is a full sentence because how many times I know I am so guilty of this. How many times do you say no and then follow it up with because blah, 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 blah. And yeah. Then- like there's so you don't need to justify why you're saying no. Like your answer is no because it's no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I always feel the need to justify it because I feel bad saying no. Yeah. The guilt that comes with it, right? The guilt. Yes. And so yeah. I think it is so important to talk about saying no as a full sentence. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because um, I have gotten better with like saying no to things. Um, not significantly better, but better with some stuff. <laughs> Right. Hey, you got to take the little wins when you can. No, yeah. I want to pretend like I'm really good at saying no to things, but like the reality is I'm, I'm not, but I'm trying, I'm trying. That's what matters. Right. If you can do it one or two times, then like, that's a massive win. Right. So like, don't, yeah. Like don't think you need to say no all the time or you need to be consistent with it or that you even need to not feel guilty. Like you sure feel guilty, whatever, but say no, because that's really what you want. You don't want to say yes. If you say yes, it's because you're doing it out of guilt. Say no and then feel bad for saying no, but also feel relieved because that's your truth, right? Like, yes, that's just how you feel. So, I mean, same thing. So yesterday, um, all right, you guys, so I'm on convalescent leave. I just had like some pretty, uh, I don't want to say big surgery on my shoulder, but anyway, I'm in a sling for like four to it six months. It was big. Four don't to six weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it so was I can't, <laughs> so I can't use my arm. And, and so now I'm in my physical therapy. And so I'm trying to like, you know, stretch and do all those things they want you to do. And so, but I had to go over to my office yesterday um, to pick up my TA form to do start school again. Uh, so I, I stopped by my office um, to do that. And I got my second COVID dose. So I'm fully vaccinated. Yay, Yay! for me. Yeah. Um, I know that's not some people's thing, so that's totally fine if it's not yours, but I'm just, my contact with a lot of people it was the right decision for me. Um, so anyway, I swung by my office and it, I just so happened to come by the day that my office was planning to do a lunch for all of the leadership in my office in our whole section. And um, while I was there, I was talking to one of the Marines and the office phone rang. And of course, it's a natural reaction to me to want to pick up the office phone. <laughs> and the yes. captain, yeah, the captain I work with, he's was on his cell phone talking to someone else about the duty schedule. God, that stupid thing. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. Um, yes, so he, he's on the phone and I go, well, let me just look at the phone uh, to see who it is. So it was the major that I work for. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll answer it for him, right? Like, if it was him or the CEO, sure, I'll pick up the phone. But like anyone else, I'm like, eh, it's just gonna ring. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. And he was like, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, I had to pick up some papers. And he goes, well, why don't you stick around? We're gonna do lunch for all of the leadership in the section at noon. And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> uh, mm, uh. I was like, uh, 
sir, we'll see, but I got to get my COVID shot. I was like, and I got to go home and do my stretches, which legitimately I had to do. (laughs) So it wasn't a lie. So I wasn't lying. I did come home and do my stretches. Um, and I did go get my COVID shot, but you know, I was like, no, I'm on leave and I'm on convalescent leave, not just like annual leave where I want to be on vacation or I'm home for a couple days because who knows it's Rosie's birthday or something. You know, I always (laughs) take leave for some of those things. Right. But like, I'm like, no, I'm on convalescent leave, like recovering from a surgery. I literally have the use of one arm. Like I'm tired. My body's worn out. Um, you know, so I was like, "Mm, no, thanks. And so throughout this time, I think it's just really, I've been on convalescent leave for like a week and a half now. And this is really the first time I have sat back and consciously just said, no, I'm not going to answer the phone. So I've, I'll make an exception for a few people to answer the phone, um, but that's it. And so I told my Marine, uh, he's a corporal, he's an E4. And I was like, hey, if you call me, I'm going to answer the phone and I'll respond back to your text messages because he's by himself. He needs a little bit of help. Like he'll get information. Usually what he does with information is gives it to me and then I take care of it, but I'm not there. So he needs to know where to go. So he's been messaging me and I'm like, I will talk to you. I will talk to the captain that we work with. I will obviously answer the major because he's the boss. Um, And then like clearly if the command deck calls me, right? Like my CO, XO, Sergeant Major, all those guys, if they were to call me, then sure. But I was like, I'm not answering our subordinate units. I'm not answering the higher headquarters if they call me. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> yes. I'm not. And like, I need the break. And the, the point of being on this convalescent leave is to heal from my surgery and be focused on that. And I don't need to be distracted with, you know, flights that are going on that I'm not there for. And so I've just kind of felt a sense of relief to consciously make that decision. I feel a little bad because... In my regiment, I'm one of one. I'm literally the only person that does what I do. Um, but no, no, thank you. Yes, <laughs> right. You know, if you yeah. really want to be nice about it, just say no, thank you. No, thank um, you. <clears throat> but it's interesting that you say that because um, so I am part of a dental assistant group on Facebook, and there's some really interesting things on there which I won't even get into, but. one of the things that recently came up was um, someone was on there asking about the hours as a dental assistant. And they, I forget what they said they did now, maybe like a medical assistant or something, but basically they were saying, you know, their hours now doing what they're doing. um, They didn't get to spend a lot of time with their kid. And so they Mm. were basically wondering if the hours for dental assisting were better because they wanted to spend more time with their kid. And I got on there to comment um, because one of the things that I've learned um, after having a kid and being in the field for as long as I've been in the field is that you have to say no. Um, I'm the type of person I'm like, I don't want anybody mad at me. I don't want my boss to think like I'm not a hard worker if I say no. But once I had a kid that really has changed my perspective about it. So my job, I only work Monday through Thursday. Occasionally I'll have to work Friday. Usually we know about it pretty early on so I can make, you know, changes around that. But I use my Fridays to make doctor's appointments, hair appointments, um, clean my house, whatever I need to do. 
Um, and there have been times that it's Thursday at 4.30. I have a schedule full of my stuff on Friday. And I'm asked, hey, can you come in and help me with this patient? And as much as I hate to say no, I have had to learn to say no. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. I've made all these other arrangements. I wish I could help. Um you know, it is what it is. And that's what I was telling this girl, like, yes, the hours are going to be better, but you have to establish that from the beginning. And now whenever I get hired for a job in the interview, I tell them, listen, I'm a military spouse. I cannot depend on my husband to be able to pick our child up. My hours, I can come in usually as early as you need me to, but I have a hard five o'clock time that I have to leave to be able to pick our kid up because I'm not going to have her sitting on the sidewalk waiting for her mom 30 yeah. minutes after they've closed. Yes. Yep. You know, so in a sense that's saying no too. Um, because you know, in dentistry we have emergencies and we have patients that need to be seen and I'll work through my lunch most days, unless I'm really hangry, uh, <laughs> and I'll still work through my lunch, but I'm like, yo, you got to give me some time to like eat a protein bar or eat something. Eat some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in, in a sense, that's saying no as well. Like, hey, we have this emergency patient. Can we do a root canal on them? You know what? I'd love to, but no, I can't. Yeah. I have to yeah. go get my kid. Um, you know, and there yeah. really is a lot of power in saying no um, because- I feel like if you set the standard for, well, I'll let it slide this one time, one time turns into two, two turns into yep. three, and then you've created this habit of, yes, well, she's going to be available. She'll make arrangements. Like, she'll change her schedule. No. And that doesn't work. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, like, and no can come in so many forms. It doesn't just have to be, like, no, right? right. So, like, you were saying at lunchtime, sometimes you work through lunch. I've worked through lunch for years, years. And I'm like, okay, enough of that. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, enough of that. Like I, lunchtime is a time for me to go work out, which hello, I'm in the military. We have to pass our fitness tests. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter what, what branch you're in, you have to pass it. And then if you're like, if you're not doing well in your fitness test, people like look down on you. And I'm like, okay, well, when is it that you expect me to go ahead and do this? Yes. In the morning when I have to get my two children ready to go to school and to drop them off at daycare so I can make it to work on time so I can be at work and work all day long and then go home, take care of my kids. And when you expect me to work out at nine o'clock at night? Absolutely. Right? That's Midnight? not happening. <laughs> no. So I'm like, no. I also need to sleep. And if I work out before I go to bed, like that's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, if no can come in a lot of forms and it doesn't have to be a direct, like, no, I'm not going to work that. It's just about a little bit about reclaiming your time, right? Like yeah. stop giving it to everybody. So it can come in, in the form of like, okay, I'm not going to work through lunch um, three days this week. Maybe, maybe I give myself two, but I'm not going to work through lunch every single day. Right. So back off of that, you know, um, I also like to use the word no um, in a in a different form. And I, I like to use the word uh, pass. So like, <laughs> I love that. So when, when people are like, hey, do you want to go do this? And I go, mm, pass. And they go, oh, okay. And like, <laughs> they kind of laugh. I get a laugh out of that almost all the time. But it's my way of feeling better about saying no. Like, mm, 
mm, I'll pass on that. Thank you. No, you know, so it's, it's less direct if you're yes. uncomfortable with that, but it's still a version of no. And I use it quite often. Like, Hey, are you going to come to this meeting? Mm, I'll pass. I don't really need to be there. So no. And I will use that um, pretty often, actually. But I think it doesn't feel like a no because people always laugh because I'm like, mm, mm. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> right? And mm. honestly, if you kind of make a joke about it, people don't get as uncomfortable. Like I, my yeah. biggest go-to phrase is, mm, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. And like, seriously, not laugh after that. And I use, well, it works for me because we go on leave, right? Like, but um, people are always like, hey, we're going to do a hail and farewell, which like most units do. And people like come and go and leave and stuff like that from the unit. And they want to like talk about people that are coming in and introduce them and say goodbye to all the people that are leaving, like in an official capacity. And so everybody always looks at me and they're like, hey, we're, you're going to come to the hail and farewell, right? And I'm like, mm, I'll be on leave that day. <laughs> and people are like, you don't even know what day it is. I'm like, yeah, but I'll be on leave. It's a, <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. They did that like last year. They were like, well, when we do your hell and farewell, I was like, I'll be on leave that day. And they're like, it's not for two years. I was like, yeah, I'll be on leave. I know for sure I'll be on leave that day. That's it. For sure. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'll be on leave. The whole office just started laughing. I was like, I don't like them. I don't want to go. I pass. A hundred percent. That no, is thank amazing. You. I'm going to start using I'm on vacation that day. I'll be on vacation that day. What? Like, yeah, I'm telling you, you know, I'm not saying I use that to like get out of things, but like when, when there is something legitimately that I just feel like is not worthy of me dedicating time to, I just go, I'm going to be on leave that day. No, thanks. Um, and people kind of get the hint, right? Like it's my nice yeah. way of saying no. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, you have to use that sometimes because if you don't use that, um, you know, you're going to get overwhelmed and it's just going to become way too much. And it really can just be a full sentence. Like you don't have to justify your no to anybody. The answer is no, I don't. I No, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to work extra hours. No, I don't want to sacrifice my lunch time to work some more. No, I don't want to come in early. Um, you know, and but you can use that for anything, right? Like if your spouse wants to go do something and you're like, hmm, no, I don't want to do that today. Like, it's okay sometimes to do that, right? Like, yes. I always encourage people to take interest in things that your spouse is interested in, spending time with them doing things that make them feel fulfilled, make them feel like they have a sense of purpose. Do those things with them because that will be really enriching for your relationship. But also, it's okay to sometimes go, hey, not this time. No. Um, because you still need to be your own person, right? And saying no and and giving yourself time for self-care, even if that self-care is just like, no, I don't want to go this, I'm going to watch a movie, then that's, that's okay. Absolutely. Just like, I mean, Candace and I had this conversation uh, yesterday about Lowe's and Home Depot. (laughs) (laughs) And our spouses love to go there. And I think our children do not. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Ella throws a fit every time we go. But I think about that because I'm like, okay, you know, today 
Ella has a birthday party, and then I volunteered myself to do a um, sleepover for all of the girls on her dance team. I think I might have been on drugs or something when I volunteered. But anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Dustin was saying that he wanted to go to Home Depot, which is in Bluffton, about 30 minutes away. And he's like, you know, do you want to go with me? And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, I need to clean my house. I need to take Ella to this birthday party. Any other time I'd be like, yeah, let's make a day of it. But today, no, I don't. I just don't. No, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. I'll pass. I'll pass. Um, (laughs) And the other thing that you said that I think is so very important is, is it worth your time? Time is something that we will never, ever get back. Literally never. Never. So when you're thinking about these decisions and when you're, you know, talking about saying no, one of the things that you really need to think of is your time. You know, if I don't say no and I spend my time doing X, Y, and Z, is it worthy? Or could my time be better spent doing something else that really is worthy of my time? You know, whether it's working through lunch, you know, I know during my lunchtime, I usually use that to make phone calls to the doctor to, you know, whatever it is. Um, So if I'm working through my lunch, I'm literally taking away the only time I have Monday through Thursday throughout the day to get stuff done. Yeah. So while, yes, sometimes the extra pay would be nice. And yes, I always want to help my patients. At the same time, like, is that what's best for me? And is that worthy of my time that day? Maybe not. And that's okay. You know, it is okay to say no, but you have to think about yourself and your time because it's something you're never going to get back. Yeah. You know, if I've learned anything over the course of the last 10 or so years, 10 or 11 years, is that you really don't get that time back. And so, you know, one of the things I always joke about with my Marines is we work a lot of weekends. We work a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings. We work a lot of all nighters, um, because we work flights and we don't control when those are scheduled, when they land, when they take off, like we don't control those things. And so, you know, a flight might be ready to leave at eight o'clock, but that means those Marines or those sailors or airmen or soldiers or whoever that are going to be on that flight. Most of the time they got to be there like four hours before the plane leaves. And (laughs) there's some travel (laughs) considerations between where you're actually stationed and the airport you're leaving from, you know, so, you know, we're working a lot and I always tell my Marines, like, we'll figure out when we can get you that time back. And sometimes we do. And sometimes we don't. And nine times out of 10, unfortunately, we really don't. And so I think it's just really important to look at it and go, does this enhance me? Does this make sense for me? Is this fulfilling for me to say yes to? You know, what do I, what do I get out of this? What does this do for me? And it could do nothing specifically for you. It could do something for your spouse or it could do something for your children. And that is something for you, right? Um, That is something for you. Like, just like you were saying, you take Ella to a birthday party. What do you get out of taking Ella to a birthday party? You don't get really anything out of that. Actually, I get an hour and a half of free time. (laughs) Yeah, right. But like when I take... 
yeah, you don't really get a whole lot of out of that. Who gets something out of that is is Ella, right? Because she gets to yes. go be with her friend for her birthday party. And so that's fulfilling for you because she is having fun and she's enjoying her time and, you know, building friendships and being social and doing all of these things that are going to matter more when she's an adult. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be fulfilling for you specifically, but someone around you, someone that's going to be, you know, learning or gaining something from it, especially children, right? Because do I, do I want to put Rosie in a cookie booth every single weekend from February <laughs> to March while cookie season is going on for Girl Scouts? No, I, I don't. I don't want to spend every Saturday for three hours sitting outside of Lowe's or sitting outside of, um, you know, Walmart trying to sell cookies to people. But Rosie gets so much out of that. It increases her confidence. It increases her social skills. It increases her math skills. Um, she's learning things about business that I really would have never even thought to teach her about. Right. Um, and so do I, do I really want to do those? No. Could I, do I wish that I could say no to those things? Um, yeah, kind of, but it's important for her to go. Right. So it's important to know that you can say no when you've reached your limit and when something really just is not worth your time, like hanging around to go to a lunch with people when I really need to go home and do stretches for my arm because literally, you guys, my arm is in a sling and I cannot straighten my arm all the way out. And the only way I'm going to get the mobility and the movement back in that is if I stay consistent with my stretching and I stay consistent with the things my physical therapist wants me to do with my icing and massaging my incisions so I don't have a bunch of scar tissue and... So if I'm not doing those things and I don't carve out the time for those, that is the reason I'm on convalescent leave is to do those things. The only person in the long run that hurts from that is me. Who yes. in five years is going to remember that I went to a lunch? <laughs> no one's going to remember that. But in five years, whether I can or cannot lift my arm over my head to do a pull-up for a PFT for my physical fitness test, that is going to matter, right? Yep. So absolutely. that's- for me, that's where the difference is. Yeah. And you have to be true to yourself. Um, and I just recently had this conversation with Dustin and even my mom. Um, so in the low country or the slow country, as I call it, um, a lot of places are not open on Fridays. You know, I just said my dental office is not open on Fridays. A lot of the um, smaller doctor's offices are not open on Fridays. I literally just found a chiropractor that was open on Fridays. Um, so I think most of you know, I have PMDD and I have been going through medications, trying to figure out which one is right for me, um, in controlling that <clears throat> my primary care doctor and my therapist both recommended I see a psychiatrist for medication management. Well, of course, the psychiatrist is not open on Fridays, um, <laughs> so I had to make an appointment on a Monday. Does that conflict with my work schedule? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm one of two people, so the schedule isn't completely stopping, but it is, you know, slowing it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it does make me feel guilty that I'm basically taking away money from the office when I'm out. However... The thing is, is that if I don't go to these appointments, I can't get the yep. right medication and then I can't be the best version of myself. So not only am I hurting myself in the long run, if I'm not taking this time off, I'm also hurting my family because they're suffering. And yep. 
I'm also hurting my office even more because, you know, who's to say if I don't find the right medication that I won't be taking time off because I don't feel good or, you know, yep. my irritability is so out of control that I'm afraid I'll lash out on a patient. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, listen, there are some days. Um, but the reality of the situation is that I have to be true to myself and I have to know, you know, when to say, look, I'm sorry that. I'm taking away from the office, but I have to do what's best for me and in turn is going to be best for everyone else to include work. And to me, you know, that's a form of no as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. You have to really draw a line in where some of those things are. And it, it's hard to do that. Right. I'm, I'm saying like, it's taken me a long time to get confident with just saying no or pass on that. Yes. Um, you know, so that that's it's definitely hard to do for sure. And it takes some work. Uh, but the yes. more you do it, the easier it becomes and the simpler it's going to be to identify when something is not meant for you. Absolutely. And we yeah. you mentioned earlier, you know, it doesn't have to be all the time. Just yeah, no, yeah. once in a while, you know, until you build up, they say it takes what, like 21 days to build a habit. Like yeah. until you build up to that point where no is comfortable for you to say, um, it's taken me forever and a day. And I still, like I just said, I still feel guilty for saying no 99% of the time. Yeah. Uh, now if it's my kid asking for a sugary snack at 10 o'clock at night, I don't feel bad for that. No, yeah, no, I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm 32 years old. I've been in the dental field for 12 years. And it really wasn't until this job now that I've only been at for a little over a year that I have felt comfortable saying no most of the time. Now, granted, there was a patient yesterday and he was getting ready. I could tell he was getting ready to ask me if I was going to come in and I would have said yes. I didn't have anything on my schedule other than the chiropractor and that wasn't until late afternoon. And so I would have said yes. Could I have said no and made up an excuse? Absolutely. But it's not about saying no 100% of the time. It's recognizing when you need to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Needing to say it and just saying it to be Mm, selfish maybe yeah I don't know if that's the right word but um saying no because you need to say no because it's become too much and your ability to take care of yourself is compromised is one thing um and recognizing when you need to say no is super important yes absolutely absolutely because there is there's a difference in saying no just because and saying no because you need to It's not because you want to, but because you need to. Like I said, yesterday was a prime example. Had he asked me, I could have said no just because I wanted to, but I wouldn't have said no because I didn't need to. And I am a firm believer in karma, first of all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) First of all, I'm a firm believer in karma. But at the same time, you know, if you continually say yes, that's what they're always going to expect. If you continually say no, that's also what they're always going to expect. Um, So you also have to kind of find that line and figure out like, is it a a balance or a one? Absolutely. Um, You know, I don't want my office to think that they can't ever call on me for stuff or expect me to work on my days off. 
but I also don't want them to always assume that I'm going to be there. Right. Yep. And that definitely, you know, it's a hard, (laughs) it's a hard line uh, to figure out and know when it's right and when it's not. But once you do, it's definitely rewarding. Yeah, it can definitely be rewarding. Um, So sorry, kind of switching gears here because we're getting a little over our usual 30 minute time. Um, And so Jenna and I are really working on being a little more active on our social media. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because Uh. um, honestly, you guys, it's probably just something with everything we have going on that we really have just kind of not made a priority. Um, So we've just kind of tried to, I think, get a little more on that. We've had a lot of conversation about it. But um, uh, we posted some pictures on our Confession of a Mill Spouse Instagram, and I think over to Facebook too. I think I clicked the button. um, About (laughs) She said, I um, think I made it work. (laughs) I think I did it. Um, In honor of the National Medal of Honor Day. And so um, we had uh, one of our followers ask, a question, Sydney, and she said, have you been to the museum yet? It's pretty badass. Um, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, but I told her that I would share my interaction with Corporal Dunham's um, family on our next podcast. So I definitely want to do that. Um, and so I've been to the Marine Corps Museum, which is in Virginia, uh, twice. I went once when it was pretty new and it wasn't, it was scheduled to be renovated and have some stuff added to it. Um, but it hadn't been done yet. And then I went again about five years ago, um, and it had been renovated. They were still, of course, adding some stuff. And I think they have, um, exhibits that they kind of change from time to time. But one of the things they have there, and if you look on our Instagram, I I shared a picture of their medal of honor wall and it's, um, it's a Marine Corps museum. So it definitely doesn't cover all of the medal of honor recipients. Uh, I think it's primarily focused on Marines, um, And so it's a pretty cool looking wall, actually. And I was just kind of standing there in awe of them. And then when you turn the, well, the last time I went, when you turn the corner, there is a beam from the World Trade Center Towers um, and a 9-11 memorial, um, which is a big deal for me. I was in high school when that happened. And so um, we can share that story maybe when we get closer to that. But yeah, um, so I'm standing at this wall. just kind of in awe of all of these Medal of Honor recipients. And I am I was just kind of standing back from it, not like super on the wall because it's rather large. Um, and I was just kind of taking it in and taking a moment to reflect on just being in this place and the history that the museum has, um, especially for Marines, right? Because it, it's literally their mu- it's literally the Marine Corps Museum, right? So yes. there's a lot of history there. There's a really lot of really cool stuff. And the exhibits are actually really cool um, to go walk through. But I'm standing at the wall and just randomly happened to be there. And um, so from 1976 to the present time, there's been three recipients of the Medal of Honor. Um, so Corporal Dunham, uh, now Sergeant Meyer and then Corporal Carpenter and, uh, Meyer and Carpenter are still alive. Um, and Dunham is not, he was posthumously, uh, awarded the medal of honor. And so I'm standing at the wall looking and this lady and a little girl walk up to the wall. And I 
I didn't say anything to them because I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just some random people in a museum. Um, and the little girl goes, Mommy, where's Uncle Jason's picture? And she points to the wall and she's like, like, he's right there on the wall. And it was such a surreal moment to be standing there around this family that has a picture of uh, the little girl's uncle, which I'm assuming was the lady's brother, right? right. This is mm-hmm. his sister. And I was like shocked. Like yeah. I I couldn't, I, I first of all, the little the girl was little, okay, like like three or four, maybe five. Aww. So obviously she didn't like her process of like where is my uncle? You know what I mean? Like there's no way this was like set up. You right. know what I mean? Like right. it just was off the cuff. Like they were in the Marine Corps Museum. His picture is there. She's talking about her uncle, right? And so I just was like taken back from that and really surprised. And like till this day, I still think about that because I'm like I I was so shocked. I wish. Now that I would have said, like, I'm sorry, what what did she just say? Like, right. do you know? Like, I wish I would have engaged in the conversation, but I, I didn't because I was so surprised. Right. Um, you don't go into a place like that expecting to see family. On a random day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no, like, it wasn't like, oh, national um, day of whatever. You know what right. I mean? It just was a random day that I happened to be at the museum because I was in a school that just, we had time off. and so. I went and, uh, and, and this happens. Like I run into these two people and I just was like, it was like celebrity shock, you know, like, right. oh my God. Yes. like what is happening? And I've met, um, Dakota Meyer. I've met, I've met him, um, on Camp Pendleton. We've got pictures with him and stuff. Our staff met him. Um, he, I used to teach at a, at a corporal's course, our NCO school. And so he came by to talk to a bunch of the students one time. So I've met him and I wasn't as nervous to meet him <laughs> as I was that day when that little girl was like, where's my uncle? Right. I just was like, oh my gosh. So anyway, Sydney, that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if you guys are ever in Virginia or you live close to there now, um, you know, even if you're not in the Marine Corps, go by and check it out because it really is a cool museum. They have some pretty awesome exhibits. Like um, we have a, a nickname for a time period called frozen chosen. And so, um, uh, you can walk through part of the exhibit and it's literally freezing like it was when they were going through that battle when Marines were, were in that time frame. So it's, it's very, um, interactive, I guess would be the right way to say that, but there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, but there's that wall and it just definitely was a very surreal moment to kind of hear that come out of a little girl's mouth because it was very surprising. Um, and I wish I would have said something, but I, at that point in time, I was like, oh, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> did that just happen? What did right. that kid just say? Yeah. I think I would have um, been the same way, honestly. It was just really intense. And I still think about that today and I'm like man I wish I could have gone back and like said something I don't even know what I would have said but (laughs) right I um we have not been um and it's definitely someplace that we want to go Dustin also wants to go to New York to see the 9-11 um so pretty 
Yes, that's what I've heard. Um, so pretty. It's definitely on our list of things to do. And I think it would be important to, to take Ella to learn, you know, because our kids, 9-11 is going to be a piece of history that they're going to be learning about. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, we lived through it. Yeah. Um, so I think that would definitely be an important thing to take her. And, you know, to take her to the Marine Corps Museum as well, because, you know, that's what her dad does. And I think it would be good for her to understand it on a deeper level, too. Yeah, they're such a cool experience. So, you know, just pass on some stuff at work, put yourself on vacation and go. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Well, and to be honest, if I'm not mistaken, Sydney and her husband actually live there or close to there. Um, And they're really good friends of ours. So Dustin and Sydney's husband were deployed together. And then Sydney and I ran a bunch of races together and stuff. So it's been on our list of places to go. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You guys definitely need to go. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing that story. Like I had goosebumps the whole time (laughs) you were sharing it. So crazy. It was such a surreal experience. And the museum is so awesome. I mean, if you've never been up to New York and D.C. to see those monuments and those memorials, like I highly recommend it, no matter how old you are, even with kids, because it's so just gives you a whole different perspective on our country and um, where we started from, where we are now. I mean, I know we're not there. We're not perfect. um, But there's so much history and so many things that have gone on to give us the freedoms that we do have. Um, It's, it's just very surreal, very humbling to go and, and see a lot of those things, especially for our type of community, right? When you're dealing with the military, there are so many monuments and so many memorials for service members. Um, It really is a very humbling experience to kind of make you go, okay, you know, let me put this into perspective, right? Let me make sure that I'm keeping things in perspective. And these are people who went off to to war for our country and never came home. You know, how how many times did one of their family members after that wish that they had spent more time with them? How many, you know, what, how many kids are out there that their parents never came home, you know? So it's just very humbling experience. And I don't want to tie it directly to what we're saying because I feel like it's kind of what we're talking about today and in perspective of that is kind of small potatoes, but it's important, right? To remember, like, especially in the military, things are always changing and you literally just never know when your spouse is going to be called to go somewhere. Things happen. People get injured. People need to get replaced. Um, You know, other countries get a little, uh, a little feisty and out of control. And, (laughs) you know, we, we step in to take care of those things. And so you really never know when that's going to be your spouse. And like we've been saying, right, saying no and giving yourself back some of your time is going to give time back to your family, back to your spouse, back to your kids. And that's really important to keep in mind um, in our community, right? Because if you don't do that, unfortunately, there's a possibility that you may really regret that. Um, Yeah. Just through the nature of what we do, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's something that I really, like, I think about when I know he's leaving, um, but it's not something that I I tend to think about on a regular basis, but it's absolutely true. Um, Yeah. You know, he could go to training and not make it home, so. Which happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it is, 
a very important thing to think about. And I think that should be our closing words because, I mean, it's just unfortunately the reality of our situation as military spouses. It's totally okay to say no. You have to do it sometimes. Yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode.